Silence. I'm Brendan McCullough, and I'm here with Doug Coleman. How's it going, Brent? Pretty good. Yourself? Uh, pretty good, man. Can't complain. Uh, busy week. Uh, how about you? Uh, I'm still riding that unemployment train, seeing how long <laughs> it'll take me. <laughs> it, it, uh, sometimes it, it takes a while, but you know what? It's, it's really relaxing and sometimes really, sometimes necessary to just cool off from the, like, the, the the hecticness of the rat race. Yeah, I gotta wind down, start catching up on stuff I miss, and reevaluating my life. Yeah, exactly. Just actually living and being like, oh yeah, these are the things I enjoy. Because otherwise, you're just gonna be uh, a robot in society, just day in, day out. Every day is the same. <laughs> Running in that rat race we call life. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> the American dream, I guess. But I'm surprised it's actually the most sober I've been. For- Quite a while. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I figured we'd start off this episode. We could, uh, you know, our podcast is a lot about gaming and video games, so I figured let's talk about our favorite video games. Oh, good idea, man. Um, I know with me, it's, you know, well, like anybody, it's tough to narrow it down to just one particular video game. You know, they're all different for their own reasons. They're all good for their own reasons. Yeah. But I think, for me, it's easy to say the one I've probably invested the most hours in, and the one I've just been sucked into the whole story of uh, was probably not even just the one game, but the whole Mass Effect franchise, simply because it's it all carries over. They're not individual games. Like you can play, like you can play just the third one or just the second one. It is possible. God won't come down and smack the control out of your hand. <laughs> but it, like, I really think you're doing it wrong if you just play one of them. You have to play every single one. Even if it does mean going back on Xbox 360 and playing them all on there. Good. No, that's that's really good to hear because for someone like me, I really want to play those games, but I know it's going to require a shitload of uh, dedication and hours. So, and and it's like, I in in the interim, I'd rather play a bunch of less demanding games. So, but I do want to come back to those because I do hear such great things. So, and I think I saw that there's a collection of them on PS3 now. So that would make it easier for someone like me, who's like a Sony fan, to just access all of them. But I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I I started with the first one, and I think that was just on Xbox. I think that was like exclusive for a while. Yeah, I, I recall that. I'm not sure because there's a bunch in the series, right? Well, I think I think it's just three. But with the first one, it, it was just on Xbox, and I think it's because they didn't think it was going to be that successful, and then they saw how well it was doing, they're just like, screw it, we're going to put it on every system, so it is on PC, and it is on PS3 as well. Okay. Uh, PC is just the first two are on Steam, and the third one's on Origin, and I know that's a turnoff to a lot of people. Yeah, no, I've had to use Origin for Battlefield 3 when I initially got my computer, and god damn it, I'm not a fan. <laughs> It's either like Ubisoft, you gotta do, uh, was it Uplay, and then Origin, or it's, I think it's EA, and it's like, oh man, what do I want to take, Cyanide or just a gun in the mouth, like, they're <laughs> terrible. Yeah, man, it's not a, uh, it's, yeah, Steam just trumps. It's, it's definitely wide my variety of games, I've bought so many freaking games when I don't have money, but when stuff's on sale for 99 cents, and you're just like, well, why the hell not? Yeah, I waste no the power on other stuff. Yeah, it's like God. I spend so much in gas every other day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can throw a dollar towards a a game that'll really be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But all right, so that's I guess let's do like a top three. I'd say of like what's your top three favorite games ever? Do you want to be like 
my top three is the trilogy of Mass Effect, or are you gonna go like the like as in one slot? You could just say like that series. I mean, it's I'm a big story guy. If I can't get into the story, I usually don't get into the game. And there are games like like Binding of Isaac, which I've been playing a lot of, which the story is very bare bones. It's kind of a loose premise in the beginning, and then you just go for it. But even that's good enough to get me in. But if the game is just like awful and it just doesn't make sense like it, it's tough to get into and i think that's why i love mass effect so much it's because it's just this huge fleshed out world like star wars where they have all these established uh alien races like, already set up and it's i think a, i want to say maybe a few hundred years in the future so it's like humans discover this alien technology on mars and it leaves us light years into the future so we catch up to all the other alien races, but too early. So everyone looks at us like teenagers while they're all like in their mid-30s of like galactic travels. And it just, the story was just so complex and just is already so flushed out. Um, flushed out, I guess. Flushed out kind of implies it's shit. Cause, <laughs> um, but you can find little things that are doing this a lot in games now where you find like codex entries where it's just you find something and then if you want, you can go into the menu uh, look it up, and it'll give you more information on it. Okay. And they had it all planned out to, like, the guns. Like, the reason you never run out of ammo in the guns is because there's a small um, metal sh- shrapnel in there, and they just shave off a piece of shrapnel and shoot it as projectile. so it's not bullets, it's just shrapnel shot so fast. And then they'll talk about, like, the battleships in space and, like, how they have their own anti-gravity system set up and, like, uh, 2185 by this guy. Like, and it's all just so fleshed out, like, like the other games, like Skyrim and um, all those, well, Elder Scrolls in general, where they just have stories within this, these little books you may or may not find. Yeah, I always, I actually really sometimes would read a few of those, and they were always like really nice. Um, it's it's funny. I'm thinking in the you mentioned Star Wars. Were you a fan of Kotor then, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic? Because I feel like that that game was like the Mass Effect of its day. I don't know. Did were I'm actually now I'm like not sure when that even came out in comparison to like say the first Mass Effect. Uh, that was a few years before the first Mass Effect, but it was actually developed by Bioware, the same company. Okay, that makes perfect sense then. So they were like on their way to making something that much more uh, complex. Yeah, you can definitely draw parallels to it and be like, oh, this clearly was brought on by this and KOTOR, or this is clearly a you know more polished version of it. Okay, cool, yeah, because I um I had a, f- a friend, he was like obsessed with KOTOR, and I was obsessed with Morrowind, and he, he really enjoyed Morrowind, but he was like, dude, you have to play KOTOR, and I just refused, because I'm like, nope, I'm too, I'll just play Morrowind until I die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely recommend going back and playing KOTOR if you can. I never, All right. I never played the first one, I just played the second one. So, oh, interesting. Is it well? Maybe I'll try the second one. Uh, is it cap- like does story matter in that regard? Uh, it is like chronological. Like the first one comes first, and the second one's the sequel to it. Okay. But I was a little lost. They're like, oh yeah, Dark Revan's coming back, and Dark Malik is this, and I was like, I don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah. Like, super confused. But it was just it was good enough where it kept me engaged to find out what is happening. Like it didn't deter me from uh, continue playing, not knowing what's happening. Cool. Nice. And, you, you know, it's Star Wars. You get to flesh out the rest of the universe without ho- hovering around Skywalker's dick the whole time. Like, it's other characters, which I'm always up for. Yeah, totally. And I hear that's what they plan on doing with uh, Mass Effect. They, they've they done the third one. 
they say the main character, Commander Shepard, like that story's done. They're not doing anything more with that character. But they're nice. doing a fourth Mass Effect where it's going to be something else in that universe, which I hope works out well. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's like, I'm glad the developers were capable of being like, this can come to an end. Because there's so many that just are like, you know what? Let's keep this going. And it's like, for example, Halo, I don't, I'll just go there. It's yeah. like, I, I mean, that could have ended a while ago, but they're just, they just are like, well, this is a money making franchise. People will want these games, but it's just, it's like, it's got to stop sometime, guys. Yeah, that's always has me worried, but I, I honestly couldn't tell you the story of Halo. And I think, oh, me neither. I, I stopped. I stopped at the second one. I mean, I and I loved. I loved the first two specifically. Great sci-fi, wonderful gameplay, just f even good story. But then by the time I got to the third one, I uh, a playthrough of that was super disappointing, and I was like, "What the fuck happened to this series?" And then I just stopped caring. So, and and in general, I'm yeah, not much of a Microsoft guy. I never really had uh, Xbox or anything. Yeah, I think I really got into. Xbox just because of exclusives like Mass Effect. Like, I couldn't get anywhere else at the time, so. Oh, that makes perfect sense why I didn't even get to play it, so, okay. Yeah, but I think Mass Effect, it was a story-driven game, or at least franchise. Like, that's what they were thinking at first, and then they built stuff around it to complement the story. Whereas Halo, I think they got the first one, and they're just like, oh, this multiplayer thing's cool. Let's focus on that. And, yeah. You know, they put more gimmicks into that. Like, I remember in the third one, uh, if you went around in the campaign, you shot skulls, I think, or found skulls. They yeah. unlock bonuses. Like, I think some of the bonuses were for just the multiplayer. I remember running around collecting skulls. I was like, what the hell am I doing? I don't even play the multiplayer. I suck at shooters. Like, <laughs> Some of those skulls, I specifically remember, um, if you happen to pick them up, it would make the enemies in the level harder or some shit. So it's like, fuck. I, <laughs> you think you're like, oh man, I found something like badass. This is like, I'm unlocking something great. But it's like, no, it's just making every other enemy you encounter like that much harder. I remember one in particular, I think it was like the birthday skull, where if you find it and then you shoot a grunt in the head, confetti blows out of their skull and like you that's hear kids right. like yay like, Dude, i do remember that that was that's funny <laughs> it's always easter eggs like that which i think flesh out the game yeah and it, actually there was another one i think we found like early on in halo 3 like we were just like running through some like kind of foresty level and like i think if you like go find behind some tree or something there was like some carving or something weird like that some developer specifically like put in the game to just be like yeah this is my spot yeah <laughs> <laughs> mark your territory bro <laughs> uh speaking of the easter eggs and that i think that'll bring up one of my other favorite games easily one of my favorite games of top th top five maybe top three which is uh arkham city the batman game Oh, nice. I uh, That's another one. I never got into the Arkham series, but I know there's a new one on the way and people are freaking out. Mm -hmm. They had uh, Arkham Asylum, which was the first one, then Arkham City, then uh, I couldn't even tell you what the third one is. I have it. I played it and I beat it, but it was just very forgetful in comparison because it was Ooh. made by a new developer, or a different developer, rather. Shucks. That's, yeah, not cool. But the newest one coming out, um, Arkham Knight, is uh, the original two developers. So, I think it's oh. rock steady. Dude, that's cool how the original developers got back involved. Like, I, I, I would love to know the politics behind that one. Behind it's like, okay, these guys are making these games. They're probably pretty successful. Now we're going to have this guy make this game. 
not successful. I think it was just like you guys built up the franchise, but these guys are willing to do it for a lot cheaper, so we're going to see what they want to do. And then like it sucks, and it's like, all right, we're coming back to you. Yeah, it's like, what did you expect? And dude, if I was in the shoes of the original developers, I'd be like, you better pay me extra, because you guys are fucking, I don't even know, what's the word, a flip-floppy. And crawling back on their hands and knees. Yeah, literally. It's like, uh, let's up the ante then on what you were going to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> but I know with, God, I can't even remember. I think it's with Arkham Asylum and City, there were so many Easter eggs. Like Anybody can play it, but for anyone who's a huge Batman fan, like you're going to find a ton of little hidden Easter eggs and just little things that really don't do anything in the game except give you more information. Like, oh, uh, you find, uh, I know one in particular in Arkham City, you find the Scarecrow's like, mask and a bunch of hay and like one of his claws. And it's like, oh, I guess this is where Dr. Cr- uh, Jonathan Crane escaped and this is where he changed into the Scarecrow and he got to costume. And it's like, oh, oh that's great. Uh, yeah, Arkham Origins is the third one that, in my opinion, wasn't nearly as good. Yeah, that's right. I do recall that's that is the name. I, I yeah, it's a shame that I was so forgetful. But at least yeah, it's encouraging that the other guys are involved in the new one, and I, it sounds like there's a lot of hype going for it. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely great. The premise gets a little crazy. Where it's the first one's the asylum, which is of course where Batman takes all of his villains and they get uh, set to, and you know the Joker gets loose and lets everyone else loose. Makes sense. The yeah. Second one is the uh, Arkham City, where there's like, what if we took all the prisoners from every prison in Arkham Asylum, and we sanction off like a quarantine off a little section of the city, and we just let them run loose and like do whatever they want and like kill each other and just like madman sort of or mad world like uh, insanity and depravity cut loose. It's just yeah, like, but, like the purge kind of shit. Exactly, and it's just like, who the hell would agree to this? What city would <laughs> let this happen? <laughs> like. In Arkham Asylum, at least you're re-educating and trying to treat the mental patients. In Arkham City, she's like, fuck it, let them kill each other. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're scum. And it's just like... but That is wild. The premise is a little crazy, but I it it works. They The story they put in works, and it's just amazing. It's by far one of my favorite games. See, that sounds like it'd be a winner in, in like uh, gaming history, because, I don't know, anyone who's ever played a Grand Theft Auto is just like, Oh, how crazy would it be if, like, all these people were just, like, killing each other instead? But, like, I think even in some of those games, there were, like, cheat codes where you could have, like, the pedestrians, like, attacking each other and shit, and or you, (laughs) and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, once it's that level of everything in the world has gone to the point where everyone just has to start killing each other, that's interesting. I want to play that. Yeah. (laughs) Then it just turns into, like, The Last of Us, where you're just trying to, like, survive and just, like, hiding all the time. Yeah. That was definitely, I feel like, a huge... Uh, phase in American uh, media and or games specifically and media I guess like movies and and TV it just like the whole post-apocalyptic trend was like huge and still I feel like is big people would eat that up but I th- feel like it's gonna lose popularity in the next couple years uh, yeah I was gonna say it still is with the whole like zombie thing and the you know oh yeah zombies another trend that's just like yeah, that one, I don't know. It's It was cool, but it's like, alright guys, I get it. Like, <laughs> I'm not like, what? who the fuck cares? Yeah, but uh, I know with Arkham, both Asylum and City, I had them on the consoles, and then I found it on uh, Humble Bundle, which is a website that offers, uh, I think, a collection of like 
three or four games, and then uh, a fifth one if you pay enough. But you just pay whatever you want, and the money goes to charity. And if you pay, like... Oh, cool. I think it's like, you pay whatever you want, you get these three games. And if you pay the minimum of $5, you get these two games as well, like these additional two games. And um, I saw Arkham Asylum and City on there, along with, I think, Fear 2 and 3, and I think some other game. And it was a collection from the publisher Warner Brothers. Uh, I couldn't care less about the other three games. Like, I... I have never played those fear games. And <laughs> I just I just paid the money just so I can get uh Batman uh, Arkham Asylum and City on the PC cuz I Yeah, that's so that's good. That sounds like a super deal, man. So awesome. Yeah, well we should definitely uh link to that site cuz that's the fact that it goes to charity and stuff too. That's really I that's awesome. Yeah, it changes I think it's every week, but it might be every month. So the deal changes constantly and they Sure. It's not just video games. I think they do movies now, and even maybe graphic novels. I think they're testing out. Oh, so damn! I got a graphic novel bundle from them as well. So it was. Um, it's a great website. Yeah. What was it again? I missed it. Humble Bundle. Okay. Cool. I'll definitely link it. My favorite thing is at the bottom they show the people who pay the most, like the top uh, donators, because you can pay whatever you want. So it's basically a donation. And I think the second one who paid like donated like almost a thousand dollars for that week's bundle and the username was just totally not bruce wayne <laughs> i felt like it was a nice touch since it was batman based yeah nice <laughs> that is cool um what are some of your games that i've prattled off some mine all right well mine are kind of oddly specific and from like the past i feel like growing up playstation one was my console and i was really just into pretty much any and every RPG. Uh, and I guess I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with like my top three games of all time. And two of which are PS1 RPGs that like really stood out to me. And just were some of the best games I ever played. But I'm going to go with, uh, for number three, I'm going to go with L- The Legend of Dragoon. You ever hear of it? Sounds familiar. I can't say I've played it though. Oh my god. Let me tell you. This game is just one of the best RPGs of all time, in my opinion. I feel like there's a there's a big fan base, so I'd, there'd probably be a lot of people to back me up on this. But for its time, it was unlike anything else. I literally... The, the, I'll, I'll like have to put a YouTube link to the intro music or something, because this game sucked you in as soon as you put in the first disc. It was like this, this fantastical journey of a character named Dart, whose who's, uh, parents were killed by... Uh, this black monster and he lived in like a town and like he has like these vague memories like as you go through the game that he's like trying to recall of like this night where he lost his parents and this monster apparently is like destroying the town everything's on fire his his mom's like oh she basically like runs into the town is like you have to stay here like she wants to go get the dad back or something and they never come back and he grows up and there's this other girl that was in the town that survived named shauna or shana i'm not sure how to pronounce it i never know how to pronounce anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh i'm gonna go with uh shauna i guess but uh shauna is like i guess another main character and she's like younger like the, the kind of love interest in this story and basically the game starts out you see a dragon like walking through the forest you're like all right this is crazy already and then um 
you encounter the dragon, you have to run away from it as Dart, and then all of a sudden this this girl, other girl intercepts you. She's like cra- wearing this crazy armor, and she's this, her name's Rose, and she, basically she's a dragoon, and I don't know if she starts explaining any of that right at that point, but I'm going to just get to the point. Um, there's like the whole the whole point of the game, the Legend of Dragoon, is like there's this class called the Dragoon, and like the the character who have these uh possessions it's like a gem or an orb or something that's kind of like an eye these these gems give them the ability to transform into this uh dragoon state and it's it's really crazy cuz like their their armor tr- uh, changes and they like grow wings and like they can like fly and then they have this like magic abilities and the magic for this game was insane like i swear to god like the animation was like jaw dropping especially for its time and long story short, like right off the bat, in your your hometown again is like under attack, and you're like, what the fuck? And you get back, and all of a sudden you realize Shauna's been taken, and it's because like they realize she has some special ability, and like this like the emperor is like this bad guy, he like kidnapped her, and it was just the coolest thing. I'm gonna like stop talking about it soon, <laughs> but but the best thing about it, I'd say, because even though there's four discs of the game, so it's a long journey, but and it was such an incredible tale. But right off the bat, Shauna's taken, and you have to go to this, like, nearby prison to, like, get her back. And, oh, my God, this whole, like, breaking into the Helena prison was by far one of the coolest experiences I've ever had gaming. Like, especially as a, at a young age, like, I was so fucking drawn in. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm breaking into this goddamn prison. This is crazy. And then, like, as I'm doing it, I run into this other guy who's trying to escape, and he's, like, this prince of another land, and his name's uh Sir Lavit. Yes. Oh my god, Lavitz is my favorite character. But um, long story short, Legend of Dragoon, one of the best games I've ever played. Highly recommend it if you're an old school gamer and just can get down with uh, a long, drawn out RPG. Great story, lots of fun. Yeah, kind of looks like a sort of Final Fantasy based like at least battle system, and you get the stats down there. Very much so. And the the one of the most unique things about it was one one incorporation in the combat system was. You would have to, like, alright, so imagine, I'm gonna, like, try to visually explain this audibly, but, uh, imagine, like, you'd have to pretty much time your attacks, like, your character, like, you know a Final Fantasy-based combat system, like, you each take turns, yeah. so when your tur- your character's turn is up, he goes up to the character and is, like, about to strike, and as he's striking, there's, like, this option, this, this like, little option, like, kind of, like, mini game that comes up, that it's, like, if you hit your the specific like uh button that lights up so it's like on screen it'll say x x circle x or something if you do those in the in the right time frame you'll like get like the full effect of the attack so you can pretty much do like a chain and it like get the entire chain and say you complete an entire chain that like counts as one out of say like 10 and then you can like level up that that attack and then you can like level that up that attack even further and it'll like do more damage and stuff so it was really a unique system and it made it really challenging so like especially say like you start unlocking some really complicated attacks where it's like an eight uh you have to tap the button like eight times and like sometimes the enemy would try to do like a counter attack and then you'd have to hit circle to like counter attack them and it's like all just like a real like intricate like time-based like tapping system with your controller it was really it just made it that much more immersive and they were way ahead of their time it's like probably my favorite thing about that game yeah it seems crazy just looking at a few pictures of it oh god dude the fucking animation was godly and i'm saying this game was like so old but like 
I'm telling you, this shit literally was like the most magical experience. That and that's why like my all all of my top three games are like godly. So that's number three. But um, and in the same category as you were saying, like you're like, oh, it's like Final Fantasy. At number two, I have Final Fantasy Nine. That game, I can't praise it enough. That game was so fucking cool. Like the best steampunk, like fantasy, like experience I've ever had, and it was just so fun. I just, I got so like deep into that game there was like the card game like i even just like was like i'm gonna get them all like fuck it like oh god that card <laughs> like, game that's that was i I was literally spend nights doing that alone it's like well am i gonna progress with the game or am i just gonna get lost doing this stupid shit uh, <laughs> like, and so it like it had the variety there it's like oh come on you have to go to bed it's like this little kid in this city is cheating at this card game there's no way he yeah. gets this terran monster like this motherfucker, yeah, <laughs> he's pulling this out of nowhere. Are you kidding me? I got four slimes. <laughs> How's he beating me? Oh, uh, I remember that card game. That that's like nightmares. That's flashbacks, dude. And talk about flashbacks. That just made me think of one mini game specifically. If you're playing Vivi in the early in the beginning of the game, you could do like this jump rope thing. Oh my god, I, I, I did that till there was no, like, tomorrow. I was playing till, like, the crack of dawn, jump roping, trying, and, like, if you did, like, 200 in a row, you unlock, like, a super badass card or something, and I did it, but, like, it took forever, cause, like, I'd be, like, 199, and then I'd, like, mess or, like, up. no, I'd be, like, yeah, mess up at, like, 170 or something, and be, like, no! <laughs> but I like how, like, if you do this really hard minigame, you get this super awesome badass thing that doesn't really matter for the game it's a little mini game thing like it's it's not for the story it's not a weapon it's just a card no yeah it was the card for the (laughs) mini game yeah and it's like if you're hardcore like you do it yeah (laughs) if you want to get 100 percent before the game's calculated percentage yeah (laughs) oh man i'm gonna have to look it up because i'm pretty sure it was like 200 and you get like a really good card maybe it was a better uh object but i'm not sure or item who knows we looked into it, and it turns out at 200 jumps, you earn the Alexandria card. At 300 jumps, you earn the Tiger Racket card. And at 1,000 jumps, you earn a completely useless item, the King of Jump Rope, which will help increase your treasure rating. But it's, like I said, completely unnecessary. But, yeah, that that game... But this the whole premise of that game... Let me just give, like, a little background for people who've never played it. You start out as a character, Zidane... And this group of bandits, you have an airship, and you guys are going from, like, like I guess, town to town, like, scamming people, pretending to be, or, or pretending to do whatever, you just scam people. But in this instance, you're going to the city Alexandria, which has a queen and a, and a princess. The queen is the most hideous thing you will ever lay eyes on. Like, this thing has burned an image into my <laughs> the back of my brain. This thing is so ugly. And then her daughter is the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. So that makes no sense. But, um, I think the queen is like Jabba the Hutt mixed with Mojo from the X-Men, if anyone knows yes. that reference. All of that is a great, yes, that is good. Jabba the Hutt specifically. Plus the clown from Spawn. Let me throw that one in there. Yeah, well, a clown, any clown, yes. She, she's just, oh, huh, I can't, <laughs> that thing just needs to put a bag on her head, like, ugh. <laughs> but yeah, and then the daughter, she's not bad at all. She's like, pretty much, I'd say, 9 out of 10 for an anime, like, character or whatever <laughs> she's a final fantasy 9 out of 10 yeah <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> tight that was good um 
But uh, so I'll get back to the the story. So you're in this this group, this bandit group, and you go to Alexandria, and I guess there's like this predetermined thing. You guys are going to be putting on a show for them because they think you're traveling. Uh, maybe you are. Maybe it's not just like bandits, and you're just putting on this act, and you guys are a traveling like drama group. But the whole premise is you're in this this group, and you're going to put on a play for the queen, and there's this like this huge turnout. Like there's gonna be thousands of people watching and in attendance and stuff, and so yeah, you're one of the guys that's going to be in the play, and the whole premise is the while the play is going on, you're you and this other character are supposed to sneak out off and go kidnap the princess. So and it's just like that that part of the story alone, it's like all right, I'm 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 already loving it, and it was just it was so fucking interesting the way things pan out in that fucking story and how complex certain character paths go. Uh, there's so many lovable characters, Vivi, Steiner, um, just so many. Like I, it, it was just like a magical experience. I can't recommend a game more to somebody, especially uh, if you're a fan of other Final Fantasy games. Like I, I played other ones before that, but this one is unlike any other. Yeah, I, I remember that was the first Final Fantasy game I owned, and it's definitely the one I played the most. I'll warn anyone who is interested and in thinking about playing it. There are some very challenging parts in it. Like, gameplay-wise, it can be very, uh, I guess, dated, because there's no way around them, and it's just... I, that's well. That's why I love these games, man. I'm. I. That's what I grew up with. The games that were just like, yo, this shit's challenging, and you're either gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. And it's like, well, fuck you. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's like why... Uh, Dark Souls and Demon Souls is so popular. It just smacks you around and goes, "You're gonna get smacked around. And you're gonna like it, you little bitch." And it's like, how, it's like I'm gonna prove you wrong. Like, you, you, it becomes personal. You you have to beat that game. It's not just a game anymore. Yeah, for real, it is. It's just, and I don't know. All the old RPGs were like that for me. It's just like you have to grind, or you're gonna get your ass kicked. Yep. Pretty much. So I'm. Uh, that's why. Yeah. No. I'm glad you at least gave the listeners like a little bit of a disclaimer there. It's like, yeah, don't play it if you're if you don't have much of a if you don't have patience for a game. If you're if you're someone like me that can be like, oh yeah, I used to play the old PS1 games and think you can still go back to that, then maybe. But if you're someone who's like, no, I just want to play the latest and greatest, then don't bother. But I, I, it's still that's the thing though. You're missing out on one of the best games I've ever played. I'll say this: if you still have a PS1. You're probably good to play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think PS3 is capable of playing PS1 discs, so that's always nice. And I'm sure it's on the PSN for like a couple bucks, like five bucks or something. Yeah, I I remember just getting it. It's a four disc. It's one of those four disc games. So anyone who thinks you're just gonna be able to play, well, anyone who thinks they're just gonna be able to breeze through it clearly has never played a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, most RPGs, it's like we can't tell this story in one disc. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, that was that was PS One though for you because the the amount the of data those discs could handle, it was no wonder they had to span it across four discs. And the way technology moved forward, it was like that's a thing of the past. Yeah, I remember getting a little startled when I played The Last of Us, and there was two discs in the PS Three uh, game box, and I was just like, oh my god, are are we going back to those days where you have to switch the disc halfway through and I didn't know that. That's wild. Is it? Is it really both game? I mean, both discs are for the game, or is one for like special features and all this shit? I honestly can't remember. I have a feeling that's more for special features, but it might it might have been so demanding that they had to split it up into two discs. I could imagine because that was one of those 
really high end in the graphics department game. Mm-hmm. That's the first game that made me cry. Oh wow, man! Like, wow, okay. I've cried at a few, but I'm just like mine are all embarrassing to admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird thing was, I played that game three different times. Like I played it with played it on Buddy's PS3. We didn't get that far. Started a new file on my own, trying to get far. On my own. didn't get that far. Then I got it for Christmas. I played it over winter break and just powered through it. And it collectively got worse each time the opening uh, sequence before like the title. Uh, it got harder and harder for me to play because like by the third one, I was just like tearing up while I was playing. I was just like, oh god, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that game's um, whew, that game's brutal and in uh, several different levels, like it, in different ways, it's brutal in its own. Um, Interesting. I'm gonna have to give it a go one of these days. Yeah, I, I'd recommend it to anyone. It's definitely one of those, uh, you know, consideration of our video games art. It's like, well, look at this. It's not only beautiful; it's also like heart wrenching. Like, yeah, and that's what I mean. And that's the best thing about all the games I'm mentioning are coming from like decades ago, man. Like, and these games, though, even back then, like they had such an impact on me and anybody who ever played them knows like these games are the shit like and that's they were like it just proves how ahead of their time they were because like look how far we've got with games and how big storytelling has become like they were telling some masterpiece stories back in the day yeah it's hard to go back and look at it and like get through that factor of like oh my eyes hurt because of the the graphics (laughs) but (laughs) but if you can like man it's some good shit so all right, that's number two, and now number one, like the the big number one oh, is like star. number one. Uh, yeah, this is I I don't know how many people are actually gonna know what the hell I'm talking about. This is pretty obscure, but um, for Sega Dreamcast, I think this is the first system it was released on. It's a game called Rez R E Z. You ever hear of it? No, can't say that. Ah, uh, dude. All right, this game is my favorite game. This game is like it's really. I think it's pretty short, to be honest, but it's unlike anything I've ever fucking played in my entire life. God. This thing this thing is weird. All right, so imagine you're like, I think in the beginning you start out as like either, say, a cube or something, and then you're just like progressing through a level. Like, And the, the graphics, you're just going to have to Google it, or I'll, I'll include some uh, YouTube links to show gameplay. But you're like this thing going through these levels, and you pretty much have to you do things in rhythm to the level and I don't really necessarily understand how I'm gonna explain this game because A it's been a long time since I played it and B it's just trippy as fuck dude like literally I don't understand how to describe it you just have to go try and play it yourself yeah I'm looking at some images right now it's kind of hurting my eyes (laughs) It's it's unbelievably unlike anything I've ever played but the best thing about it is the gameplay it's it's addicting really fun the music is super interesting like just ultimately like and the way things interact with the levels it's just it's just mind-bendingly cool and then the end of the game this like this boss kind of battle at the very end the climax of this game is just fucking amazing for what it's worth i can't recommend a game more just go play it's not that long it's super cool i mean obviously you're not going to go get get a dreamcast but i'm sure it's on pc or like it's been ported to PC, I'm sure, or you can get an emulator or some kind of shit. But somehow get your hands on this obscure as fuck game that somehow made it to the top of my list of favorite game ever. Yeah, I feel like this would just be what you would see if you were just like a computer programmer and you just took ecstasy all day. Like it's just super. Thank you. That is <laughs> well, that is yeah, literally 
That is a perfect description. It's just like, it's trippy. That's the only way to put it. It's just, wow. Like, it's unlike anything ever. Like, I feel like the, whoever made it was definitely on something, but they did, they made a masterpiece of a game. So, and it's unlike anything, which is pretty much probably the reason I like it so much. Yeah, it looks very mathematical, very like geometric sort of. Wait till you hear the music that's involved and the way that you interact with these levels, dude. Like, I need to get you to play it. I, I can't wait to hear what you think about it because. It is fucking great. A great, <laughs> great, great game. I feel like if you just watched, like, the, uh, was it, the visual, um, visualator on, like, iTunes and just, like, did a tab of acid, like, this is what you <laughs> Pretty it's much. crazy. Yeah. Oh, and talk about a visualator, or, uh, I, I'm, I don't even think that's the right word, Probably but a not. visualation, but, uh, there's this really, I have a link that's unlike anything. So if there are any druggies who are listening to, you'll really love this because <laughs> it's like, it's like the most, oh, I don't know who created it or what, but it's just like, you can use your mouse and or the arrow keys on your keyboard to like rotate and spin and pro- progress through like this like fractal world of just an endless, just changing and it and the the fact that you can like add speed to like you like going through like this endless vortex, it is pretty much the most like visually entertaining thing I've ever stumbled across. And I'm pretty sure one of my friends is just like, I've been looking at this for days now. Here, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that seems like a trip. Yeah, but no, Res number one. So check it out, people. I really I'd love to get feedback. And uh, yeah, it's I'm glad that my number one game is that obscure and not just like oh my number one game is like halo <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like something just like lame yeah i feel bad all my favorite games seem to be within the last decade <laughs> so i feel like oh well see it's just like it's like when you and i spoke that on the previous episode and you're like i clearly have a genre i rec- i prefer it's like yeah. i clearly am living in the past <laughs> like <laughs> I, everything i play is like still ancient i think for me it's just the games i remember the most like clearly are the ones that are recent like I clearly, I have favorite games from back when I was a kid, but I I think these are just they stick out to me so much more with the stories. And sure. I think back then the ones that had good stories like Legend of Dragoon and all those, I just think I wasn't playing them at that age, so yeah, they didn't hit. That's me understandable. Well. I it also might be because the first game I ever remember playing was The Lion King on the Sega Game Gear, and I think that made me hate video games for the first like decade of my life. No. Fucking shit on the game on the Game Gear on the specifically. Game Gear. This is like imagine like the PSP but like Americanized. Like it's just like triple the size and just bulky yeah, shit. I I had a cousin who had one, and I every time I'd like visit, like it was very very rare. But when I would, I'd I'd love to get my hands on that thing, and I would play like Sonic and all sorts of shit. But yeah, dude, I can't believe that a Lion King was on there. And was it like the same game as the one that was on Genesis? Because that game is a pain in the fucking ass. Exact dude. same game, and I consider it like Spartan training for me for video games because it's you can't beat it. It is impossible. Oh and well, it is. That's so funny. Well, dude, all right. On the the one episode when we talked the Press Continue podcast, I mentioned that I have two copies of the Sega Genesis version of The Lion King. So anybody who's actually listening to us ramble this long, if you comment on this episode on our website, I will personally send you a copy of this game. <laughs> <laughs> I will send you a little cartridge that will ruin your life. Yes, and I, if you really want to give it a go, it's all yours. Just comment. But I'm I'm guaranteeing we're probably not getting a comment for like the next five years. <laughs> but I know uh, I got a 
PSP as well, and I got an emulator on there, and I have the Lion King on my PSP, where it's hacked, so I can pause it and save it at any point. So if I'm about to die, I can just save it and then reload it and then try again. By doing that, I've gotten to the last level, and it is impossible. I, there's no, it, there's just no exit. Like there's no end of the level. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Those those Genesis games were just like, I think they made them so hard that they just expected people to give up to the point where it's like, if you get this far in the game, like I can't believe you actually gave it this much time. But well, there still is more game, but it's just gonna get even harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and then you finally get to the final boss or something. Like for Sonic Two specifically, I cannot tell you how hard this goddamn game was i i love the game and i collected so many lives and i was like kicking ass it was probably like my best run at this game ever and then i get to like the very final boss got like 10 lives i'm like oh dude i'm just gonna fuck this dude up there's like three stages to the final boss right so like first you gotta fight like a robotic sonic who's just gonna fuck your day up and you, you like you really gotta study his moves or you're just gonna die because it's like and it also to make things even harder when you enter the final area it's like all your health doesn't matter. It, no coins or anything. It's like you get hit once, you're dead. So you're going to lose a bunch of lives just trying to even figure out this guy's pattern and how you're going to even like hit him because he's metal and shit. So it's like, what the fuck? So I finally figure out how to beat that motherfucker. And that took up like maybe five, six lives. And then there's a whole nother section of where you actually fight Robotnik or whatever. And he's like in a giant pig mech. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, dude. Like this motherfucking mech. And he's like stomping around. And if he even touches you, you're dead. And it's just like, you literally have to study his moves too. And it is just like the most impossible shit. But I finally, like, I'm pretty sure the first time I got that far, I died all my lives. And I was like, I'm never playing this fucking game again because I'm never going to get that far again. That was stupid as fuck. But then I, like, Googled how to just, like, cheat and get to that final point and just take on the boss, like, one more time, like, a couple days later. Yeah. And I finally beat it, and it was, like, the most rewarding thing. But the end, it's, like, not the greatest ending. It's just, like, oh, Sonic and Tails flying <laughs> off in the sky. It's, like, literally, you just must have wasted a good portion of your life wanting to just tear your Genesis apart because this game is so challenging. I, I just don't even understand how they got away with that shit. It, I, I really think the people buying those games and the people making those games were expecting them to give up. Yeah, I, I think it was, like, limited at the time. It's like, we're not trying to make these hard. It's just the technology won't let us be easy, like, because it has to progressively get harder each, you know, each level. And at a certain point, it's just, like, you just got to hit the monster mode and just, like, fuck some little kid's day up. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that's the thing. I feel like I was really young when I was playing Genesis, so those games being that hard was just, like, what the fuck? Well, that reminds me, I actually uh, found my old N64, and I started playing that recently. And I, Nice. Uh... I bought a, there's a game I used to, here's an old-fashioned sentence, there's a game for the N64 I used to rent from Blockbuster every week. <laughs> and, uh, the new generation will have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> Back in my day. And it was one of those games where I tried to beat, like, within the week. Like, you only get the game for the week, so you try to beat it that week. And it was a game called Space Station Silicon Valley. <laughs> and what? it's one of the weirder games I've ever played, but also one of the hardest. And interesting, man. That's really interesting. The basic premise is there's a space station up in like space, and it's like the Ark. Like there's just a bunch of animals on it, but it's been so long the animals have evolved and adapted to the space station, so they're all robotic to some degree, and you're just a robot and some pilot who crash into the spaceship, and the pilot's stuck in there. 
but you're you're the robot and your body breaks apart and now you're just a small computer chip. So you just run around jumping into the bodies of these robotic animals and like hijacking them, like taking control of them. And what? you can kill the other animals and once you kill them you can take control of that animal and they all have different abilities to do stuff. Dude, this sounds like the most interesting thing I've ever heard of. It's like a fucking space zoo. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like cyborg animals like there's a regular dog, he can run around, he can bite, and he can bark. He can, like, herd sheep in, like, the early level. Then, like, in the later levels, there's the robot dog, where he has rockets on his back and these wheels, so you can do a turbo boost and, like, launch off stuff shooting rockets. Like, it just gets very odd, very quick. Dude, so, and this is back in, like, the Blockbuster days, so... Oh, yeah, this is when I was, like, like, nine, maybe eight. So those developers, where are they today? Because we need more games like this, because... <laughs> pretty sure they od Oh yeah, right. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. But I found it recently, and I bought it off Amazon, and I started playing again. You can't do this. Like, there's one level where there's just a pit of lava, and there's an invisible bridge on it, and you're supposed to walk across an invisible bridge. There is no indication that they tell you that there's an invisible bridge. Like, you just have to guess and just take a leap of faith. And if you, it's one of those games where if you die, you start right back at the beginning of the level. Like, there's no checkpoints, and it's brutal. Yeah, dude, that, that, just the whole invisible bridge aspect of that reminds me of Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. I'm pretty sure that was, like, a recurring thing, because in, like, certain areas, you'd literally be, like, walking off the edge of this thing, and it, it looks like there's nothing there, but then you'll see someone will have posted a message, it's like, look, this is invisible, like, you're supposed to go this way or something, but sometimes those messages can be misleading, because some, there's always trolls. So it's like, go this way, and it's like, you're gonna die. But other times, it's it's true, and for some some levels, it was like, you had to, like, walk a lot, a long distance on, like, completely, it looks like you're walking on nothing, but it's an invisible bridge, but at any given point, that bridge can just cut off, and then you're gonna die, and it's like, fuck. And usually, those bridges are leading you to a boss or something, so it's like, god damn it. Yeah, it was always tricky with those, because sometimes you get great loot with people who are honest, like, there's a, you know, cliff below, jump down, have faith, but then the you know, guys who are just messing with you, just fucking with you, uh, it randomly generates which message gets it. Well, it get, you know, whichever one gets voted the most gets it. So it's just other guys fucking with you, upvoting the mess, like voting the messages uh, that are tricking you. And it's just like the next message, you come back, get all your loot back, and you see the next message, just like, haha, gotcha. It's just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, trolls, especially in that game. Those games were a lot, because it was like online multiplayer, but it wasn't really. It was just like, you were all just ghosts in everyone's world, so like you could just passive-aggressively affect everyone else. You know, except until you got like the black phantoms invading your world, and just, you know, dudes like 20 levels ahead of you just jumping in and just beating your head into the ground. Yeah, that kind of shit sucked. But in that, like, and in Dark Souls 2, they made it even more complex. It, overall, I just really liked the way how they incorporated the whole multiplayer aspect in something that, traditionally, I would expect to be a one-player game. Yeah, it was almost like you were just walking through the world, and you just had, like, uh, a form of, like, people just posting messages randomly, and it's just like, I, I gotta, you know, guess which ones are helpful and which ones are just useless crap. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I guess, that's funny, we were talking about our favorite games, I guess the whole Demon Souls, Dark Souls would be in the runner-up category, like, close, close runner-up, because those games are really, really fun. I specifically like Demon Souls, too, that probably goes under the wayside too because everyone's like oh i'm just gonna jump on dark souls the bandwagon but it's like demon souls was before dark souls people and check that shit out because it was godly yeah i remember playing uh demon souls and telling my friends like this game is 
brutal. It is not fun. Like, I'm angry right now. I need some therapy. Like, because it's like, Dude. it's one of those games where it's like, I just want to smash stuff, but everything's bigger than you and smashing you. So it's just like, ah. I still could just go back to the Nexus and be like, and just be content. Because, like, I love fucking Demon Souls. The way you just, like, go through the Waystones or whatever they're called, and just each level was so in depth and like the 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 random like heroes and like warriors and shit you'd meet along the way and stuff they were like lost in this forsaken land that game was just super fucking awesome and i don't know dark souls was a great successor to the series yeah my buddy had a a little problem with demon souls or a little habit i should say where he would uh be a dick i guess is the best way to put it and he oh he would be in the nexus but like it's kind of like a lobby area where you just choose which level you go to and yeah. you see other NPC characters of like other heroes doing it, and he would just try to murder other people and take their stuff without realizing that they're much stronger than him. Oh yeah, usually they are, unless like you're really far in the no, game. No, you, you can. The first time you ever played it, so he's got nothing. Oh, uh, and dude, and the problem with that is like, yeah, I get it, it's funny and stuff, but yeah, you're gonna get your ass kicked, or if you do kill them, like they're pretty essential in the game. It's like there's reasons they're in the nexus because like either they're gonna sell you shit or like help you out, and you're just like killing them. So like, <laughs> yeah, my favorite part though was watching him do that and like warning him not to do it, but he's you know being a dick and does it anyway. And then when he uh, revives and comes back, the dude's still there because he's in the Nexus, and he still remembers him. So for the next, like, 12 lives, this dude is just chasing my buddy through the Nexus trying to kill him because he came Oh, out, Jesus. And it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if in either Demon Souls or Dark Souls or whatever is going on, but if in... If you kill, like, the lady in black or something, I think then you can't level up or anything. It's like, or whatever's going on. That That's ridiculous. So it's like, don't do that shit. <laughs> they're, they're there for a reason. Like, you have plenty of other things to kill in those games. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Demon Souls. It's like, it's like, this isn't just shooting yourself in the foot. This is like shooting yourself in the base of the spine. Like, you're fucking yeah, this is like entirely. saying, you literally have to, like, turn off your system and just start over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, those games, classic, really good. I think those are making a comeback. Like Games with that severe difficulty curve are making a comeback because of games we used to play as kids that were, I think they were so difficult because they were so limited. They they couldn't make them easier if they wanted to. But I yeah. think people that grew up on that now are like, ah, games are too easy nowadays. Like I want them hard. I want them a challenge. And that's why some of these just like impossible games are being made. Yeah, good, man, because, like, I agree. For the most, like, I don't know, most gamers that are actually gamers and not just, like, oh, I just started playing recently and I just classify myself as a gamer. No, like, I'm talking serious gamers. Like, they they are are used to that kind of... We're used to, we're used to not having our hands held throughout the whole campaign of the game. We're used to, like, here's what you need to know, good luck. And then if you die a billion times, that's on you. Yeah, and then for the most part, the complaints that you hear about a lot of games are like, as as things related to yeah, the tutorial is like too long, or yeah, it's like really give me a break because it's like I I know how to use the controller, but it's also they're just they're just doing their job necessarily because they're trying to appease like an a wide audience of people that may or may not have that experience. So it's nice when they give you the option to be like, yo, I don't need to learn this, I can just carry on without your guidance. But for 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 the most part, if you're a gamer, you know how to fucking play the game, no matter what you like hop into. Yeah, there's usually a standard set of controls of 
you know, A's jump, X's interact, or, you know, X's uh, except on PlayStation. Like, you know, there's a few controls that are carryover for every game. It's standard now. Yeah, and it's funny. It's really funny, actually, for PlayStation 1. Some of, like, the, like, bizarre, like, say, like, Japanese kind of import games or something, or even, like, maybe some of the Final Fantasy, but the old RPGs for PS1, the the action button, if you want to call it that, was circle. And I would always be, like, slamming X, being like, why is this not working? And it's like, no, dude, circle is how you do anything in this game. And I was like, that is so confusing. Um, I wonder if any of the listeners can relate to that, because that was a weird thing from childhood, because I'd just be playing any regular RPG from America, and it'd be like, yeah, X will, like, progress through this dialogue. But if it was a Japanese one, like, no, dude, you got to hit circle. (laughs) Yeah, there were some games like that that just fucked everything up, where it's like, X is cancel and like circles to or triangles still accepted. It's like no, there's there's a code of ethics. There's a routine. It's like you can't just change this up. Like yeah, I I remember games like that. And for like I never got used to it. Like I always had to wait five seconds and think about what button I'm going to hit. Because if I did muscle memory, it it would just turn you know it repeat the dialogue or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, that was always like a weird little thing. Yeah, speaking of games that uh you know new games are too easy. I remember being, I'm going to just say this right now, I remember being tricked into buying the Prince of Persia game for the 360. It was it was the one that came out before the movie, so it wasn't the movie tie-in game, it was the one where he had this like weird red and blue scarf and like changed the whole like story of the game. Yeah, I think I, I'm picturing the, the cover of it. I know what you're talking about. I remember being tricked into that game, because that game <laughs> is garbage. I fucking hate that game. Oh man, I need to hear your main complaints. Cause like, the old Prince Persia games, they were downright fun. Like, yeah, like, oh, if I fell down this bit, like, I could just reverse time and all that kind of cool jazz. Like, they were interesting in their own right. But what's, what's the problem with this one? I'll say this with the other Prince Persia games. I played the first one, um, after it came out, like, years later. And I remember jumping up the tower and, like, getting past it, all this. And then I turned it off and I forgot to save. So I had to do it over again. For some reason, when I did it over again, I couldn't get up this tower for the life of me. Like, every time I jumped back and forth, it'd be a little too high or a little too low, and he'd slip and fall to his death every single time. And it took uh, me a week of just jumping up this goddamn tower that I already got up once, and it just drove me nuts. And I started getting this weird rash. And I was like, huh, that's weird. After, like, a month or so, I went to the doctor's, and he's like, oh, yeah, you have shingles. I was like, what? He's like, it's what? chickenpox uh, leaves behind a virus. And it's pretty much brought on by stress, because stress lowers your immune system, and it comes back out on that. He's like, have you been stressed out lately? School, family, friends, all I was like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. I did, <laughs> I did play Prince of Persia, and I got really pissed off. I'm like, oh my god, did Prince of Persia give me shingles? Oh my god, I'm dude. I'm pretty sure that's what caused it, as pathetic as that sounds. Dude, I know, but god, that's brutal and not cool at all. And yeah, I bet games can stress you the fuck out, depending on what it is. And the, <laughs> but it, God. it wasn't like the game was hard, it's just this little, like, glitched area that I already beat once, and I couldn't beat again for some reason, and it just drove oh, me nuts. That would drive me nuts, and dude, it, that reminds me of, like, a, an, oh my god, I, me speaking about Final Fantasy and not talking about this is absurd, but it's because, like, I guess I was already talking about it enough, but, like, sp- speaking of, like, doing something already and then having to do it again and like not being able to do it a second time i 
was fucking at the end of Final Fantasy IX for the very first time. Like, I'd played it all of my life, like, as a younger person, and then just, like, always got to the fourth disc and never beat, like, the very final boss and just never beat the game. I'm like, what the fuck? So then, maybe, like, four years ago or something, I I was like, I have to do this. So, and I played it from the square one. I'm like, I'm just gonna play this goddamn game and, and relive it and beat it for once and for all. And so that day is, is finally arrived. I'm like, I've been playing this for years now. Like it's 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 come. Like this is the day. I'm finally facing this final this final boss. Do that final like, and it was like a long final boss. There might have been like multiple uh, parts to this guy. Like it was a fucking bitch, dude. And it was not easy by any means. Finally beat him. I'm like, oh man, I'm so fucking pumped. Like I'm like all the like the cutscenes are starting. I'm like, oh man, this is the grand conclusion. Power goes out. Oh no. Not even kidding you, dude. And it was just like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, this this is a nightmare. This isn't happening. And it, it was happening. And, and it was literally not even just like one of those, the power goes out for like, and you're out for hours. It was like, power goes out for like 30 seconds and then comes right back on. And I'm like, you motherfucker, could you have just not done that? <laughs> Please, no. God did but, not um, want you beating that game. Literally, it, it, that's like what I came to the conclusion. I was like, I just got fucked. But, um, and then, so then I'm like, and at that point I was so furious. I'm like, I don't even want to do this again because I struggled so hard with that boss. So I'm like, okay, I'll come back to it in a week or so. Come back to it in a week or so. And I probably played that final boss like another additional like six or seven times until I finally beat the thing. Cause like I kept getting my fucking ass beat. And I was like, dude, I already beat this. I beat this already. Why can't I fucking see the end of this game? I just want to. And then when I finally did that, talk about ultra glorious, I was just like, I need to make sure I'm in a building with a generator. I need to see the ending of this game. So, and it was worth it. That game, uh, so fucking good. But, um, yeah, uh, like I was saying with the uh, Prince of Persia, the one for the 360, um, he's got the scarf and he's got this weird claw thing, it's like climbs on everything. Ubisoft, in my opinion, ruined that franchise. I mean, well, it was probably on its way downhill anyway. But Ubisoft ruined that, ruined Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft's got to stop touching dudes with hoods in the Middle East, I guess, because <laughs> they just ruined them. Yeah, the, the, all those you just named are pretty much in the same category of games that should have probably ended already. But with the Prince of Persia one, I think it was terrible because, first off, they just restarted the whole um, I guess franchise and started with a blank slate, and it wasn't really different enough. Like, they just turned the prince into a more like smart-alecky, generic, like, uh, wise-cracking, good-looking uh, lead character with slightly long hair and a bit of stubble. Like, so he just became very generic. But also, I would pay. I would give someone five dollars if they can prove to me in that game you can die. Because in that game, you sort of get this partner who is just this like princess, and she's like a spirit or something. And anytime you fall off a ledge, she flies down, picks you back up, and then drops you back off. And it's like be more careful. Wow. So you can't fall, you can't fall off any ledges, and most of the game is just like just traversing across this darkness, like this pit of darkness. So most of the game is just trying to climb over stuff and not fall off. So if you can't die that way, maybe you can die from a fight. No. Anytime you're in a fight and someone, like, kills you, she somehow brings you back to life, like, ten seconds before you were killed. What? Before you were killed, so it's like, bring me back to life while I'm alive. Yeah, there's no way you can... I, I could not die in that game 
at one point, I just dropped the controller during a boss fight just to see what happens, and she just keeps bringing it back every time. I could not die. It wasn't a game. Like, that, that's the point that of the game. Is literally, There's no failure. That, that is unfucking believable I had no idea about this, and that, that literally, that's literally shocking and disturbing at, at the same time. I'm just like, my brain is having trouble processing this and all i'm seeing like in like in my mind since i don't know what the gameplay is like i'm just picturing like you know in n64 mario kart well like you like fall off like you break off the edge of the map of like say like rainbow world or whatever and like that little like turtle cloud or something comes and brings you back like i'm just picturing like if you just jump off a cliff and prince a purse with this little turtle guy bringing you back like you can't die like (laughs) dude you're good it would be more like uh if navi from the uh ocarina of time like brought you back because this this character was annoying like she just Uh, stopped talking and but like it's supposed to be that like romantic tension between her and the main character so like she's always like you know oh you should do better you should take more care of so it's the nagging like wife that's like oh god i hate both of you like there's no uh and like also in part of the game there's like four mini bosses then you unlock the main boss like those are his henchmen that's okay. what you think you beat the four like mini bosses then you unlock more of the map then it proceeds to show you that you have to fight those four mini bosses two times uh, two times each so you have to fight them a total of three times each like just to unlock the boss so it's like you're just copying and pasting the first third of this game and doing it tw- two more times just to fill time. Like The game is uh, awful. I could not hate it more. And I repeat, I was tricked into buying it. Because yeah. that's bullshit. And I hate that game. Damn, bro. Dude, that sounds like a valid complaint. And yeah, it, it's funny you, you say you got tricked into buying it. it. Like, that can segue into this quick. Um, fucking... I'm just kind of behind on the times a little bit for being someone who's got a gaming podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't, I wasn't keeping up with the whole Grand Theft Auto series. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, Oh, Grand Theft Auto five, it's new, but it's not new at all. Um, and the whole idea is like, I, I was looking at it on PSN. I'm like, Oh, do I want to try it out? And it was like 60 bucks, like a few weeks ago or something. And I was like, what the hell? Like, that's pretty expensive. So I guess this game's not that old if it's still $60. So then like a day or two, ago it's like oh 65 percent off and i was like oh shit and it was like okay that's like 35 bucks i'm like all right that's good enough let's get it i'm like so and that's the thing it's also a psn so it's one of those you download it you better like it or because you can't return it you can't take it to a GameStop or something or have like a physical copy so and i'm thinking to myself i've liked all the other previous grand theft autos this should be fine i'll i'll enjoy it so this is worth it to me and so i get it and yeah it's like an 18 gig download so the whole even just getting it uh downloaded and then installed probably took like another day or two because i worked on a on a day-to-day basis so i didn't get even even get around to playing the game till like fucking days after i got the damn thing and then lo and behold like i go to walmart on one of my breaks or some game store or something and i see it for sale for like 30 bucks and i'm like thinking to myself that's a physical copy of it for five bucks less like I, I, I pretty much just got scammed, but, uh, so anybody listening, don't fall for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you told me that, I thought, um, maybe it's the new Grand Theft Auto that allows you to do the first person perspective from the characters. Uh, perhaps, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm just gonna assume no, uh, but perhaps. If, if, if it is, then that's, that's fucking cool. Yeah, cause I knew they re-released it with that, uh, added in. Well, that's the thing. The one I did get had some kind of like I don't 
I'm going to have to look into what that little extra thing it said. Maybe it was that, but so that could make it more worthwhile, which would make me feel a le- little less of it, like idiotic. <laughs> but I know um, with uh, Bayonetta 2, it had some backlash. Um, excuse me. It had a little backlash because people would buy the digital copy, and for some reason, I guess that game is just very demanding because downloading it would take all day. Like, it's a game you didn't expect would be that um, massive. And yeah. people, it just took so long to download. But people who bought uh, Bayonetta 2, the hard copy, like the disc of it, uh, didn't have to download. You just throw it in the Wii U and you can just play it right away. And it also had a copy of the original Bayonetta on it as well. See, th- things like that. I, and to me, I would just personally like to have a physical collection because that way it's just like easy to s- in and out with a disc. But that is also nice to be able to have like a few gems that you like stored on your hard drive. So it's like, this is my personal machine. Like, these are the games that, why would I need a disc if I know I'm just going to play them frequently? Yeah, I know with me, I got a shelf full of games and all the boxes. and Just got, you know, it's sort of like trophies. You get to hold them up and be like, yeah, I beat that. That game is mine and I ruined it. Hell yeah. And then (laughs) I got a whole collection on Steam and I'm just like slowly scrolling down the wheel on the mouse and be like, yeah, like, it doesn't feel the same. It's, It's nice having a physical copy but you know through steam if i'm getting a game for two dollars versus you know the game would be 35 at the store hell yeah i'll take that digital copy (laughs) yeah exactly and that's where it's like there there has to be a balance almost Mm -hmm. but it's it i know one thing that got me buying the physical copies a lot more was the pre-order bonuses because that sucked me in uh, back when i was young and naive and i believed Game company, uh, game companies intended the best for us. Uh, I bought, I uh, put down a lot of money pre-ordering stuff, and with one of my favorite games of all time, Arkham Asylum, I got super fucked over along with a lot of other people who pre-ordered that. Uh oh, what what was the situation with that one? Um, you put the money down, and you know you just put five bucks down, you can get a copy, and then you just pay the rest off when you go in, or you could put forty more dollars down. So at this point, you're paying $100 for this game. Holy shit. To get a large case that kind of looks like the bat symbol. Like, it's, you know, it's supposed to look like it, but it's a case, so there's like a handle on it and it looks weird. But inside, you get the game, you get a small, it's supposed to look like a leather-bound journal, like a, a therapist would use, like for one of the therapists in Arkham Asylum. And it's like Dr., I think, Lee Young or something. It's one of the doctors in the game. So it's like, oh, it's hers. It's not leather. The thing's plastic as shit. Like, it, it looks like it's <laughs> the manuals that used to come with the games. Like, it's very flimsy. Yeah. And it's like, alright, maybe it gives a little bonus, like, information or something. You flip through it. It has a little caricature of the villains in the game, along with a bio sheet on their name and what uh, the doctor wrote down about them. That exact information is in the game. And when you run into the characters and you find all the Easter eggs, it shows you all that information. There's nothing different. Oh wow, that's a that's a bummer because it's just like there's nothing special whatsoever Not about at all. that. But also, the big thing that sold people is you got a batarang with the special pre-order. The batarang, we all assumed was going to be big and metal and like detachable. Like you could put it on the stand, and you could take it off, and it's like you think it's like the closest thing you get to a real batarang. Yeah, something to treasure. 
or something to murder people. With. <laughs> <laughs> One man's treasure, another man's murder device. Murder device, also known as a weapon, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so you get it, you pull it out of the case. It is on the stand. It is this big, bulky, plasticky piece of shit. It is all one solid piece of plastic. Like it's not even, it's not even painted different. It's all just one big, or one big black piece of plastic, fused to the stand. So you can't even take it off if you wanted to. Damn, then, that's such. Oh man. Then I guess somebody originally had them to be sharp, like sharp plastic, and I think one of the executives was like, "Up, oh, pe- these people are dumb. They're gonna hurt themselves on it. You gotta make it childproof." Yeah, dumb it down. The battering I got, at least, was completely, like, curved and soft, but the top part of it was so cut up and, like, torn apart, like, it looks like someone just took a sander and just sanded down the top edges, so it was just all beat up and shitty, and you couldn't even take it off the stand, and it's just, I never felt so betrayed in my life. Yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Somebody did just, like, uh sand it and now it's shippable and yeah it's literally like ruining everybody's dreams who like had ordered that and it's just like we all had this this idea that this thing would be like a fully fleshed out murder device <laughs> and yet we get this fucking plastic uh toy now don't get me wrong i didn't pre-order it because i wanted to murder people because batman doesn't murder it's one of his one rules yeah but I- <laughs> of course and that's the thing they're not promoting violence but if I don't know if they're gonna, if they're gonna be like this is an exclusive for the game. Like, ah, it's a goddamn battering. Who doesn't want a goddamn battering? Yeah, exactly. But I'll be honest, it's a dumb reason. But honestly, part of the betrayal is because it was Batman. I felt like Batman betrayed me a little bit. I got a little fucked over from the Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> but it was ever since then. I was just like, I'm not doing any pre-order bonus bullshit. Like, you know, I I've just worn out. I was like. I won't get the game as soon as it comes out. There's no need for me to get it the day one. And honestly, if I wait, I can just probably get it cheaper at a later date anyway. So it's, it just completely ruined any interest I had at getting those games early on. Yeah. Well, dude, it's funny you mentioned, like, I, I mean, everyone has those stories, so we each learn lessons. So hopefully that could help somebody in the long run. But there's this thing that I'm looking at for like for mobile games specifically as far as um like before they launch there's this thing called pre-launch party and it's like in beta right now but it's like an app you can get and the whole idea is it's like it pretty much this app tells you about games that are gonna be coming out soon and you can have like access to them before they come out and i think the one that they're like advertising for specifically right now is uh one of the dragon quest games i uh number five i think and yeah that's i believe by square enix so or enix but um yeah it's something to check out if you're into mobile games i'm i just signed up i'm i haven't really like nothing's really come of it just yet but i'll keep you guys posted because i definitely want to have some early access to some new phone games. Yeah, I know they do that with Steam as well. They have early access games where they have like the game half finished and like this is what we're working on. It's usually independent um developers. So that way they're like, this is what we're working on. We don't have that much funding. So if you guys like what we're working on so far, if you buy the early access game, you'll help fund the finished product. But like I said with the pre order bonus stuff, I I don't trust them at this point because I've heard a few stories of um indie developers being like yeah, we got the game. Uh, we finished it, 
it's not much different than what you bought at the early access, but now here it is for twice the price. It's like, ah, like, yeah. and then there's somewhere they're like, this is what we have. People fund it, and then they release the game, and it's like five times better than what they thought because so many people bought the early access. So I do see the like a good side of it, but I see like the bad side of it more. Where I'm just like, I don't trust. It's like Kickstarter. It's like I feel like you guys might just take my money and run. I don't. I don't know if I trust you. Like, it happens to people, man. I'm telling you, it does. But it's. I don't know. You gotta have faith, and hopefully, yeah, it's just gotta, it's hit or miss, really, and yeah, I'm looking at it right now, actually, I finally pulled it up, but that pre-launch thing, for, it's Dragon Quest V, yeah, Hand of the Heavenly Bride, and I'm looking at the art style for this game, and it's super anime, it looks like the exact same, I guess the guy responsible for Dragon Ball Z, because these characters look super Dragon Ball Z, kind of like, I think even the same guy did Chrono Trigger then, I could be wrong, or, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dragon Quest has been around for years, decades, probably. And I know... Uh, I'm not sure, does it predate Dragon Ball Z? I wonder, man. I really do. Hmm. That'd be something to look into. Because, yeah, it, it's identical. Like, there's... N- yeah, character, structure, and everything. The hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at some of the characters now. One of them looks identical to Balma. One of them looks exactly like a, a Android, what, 18? Was it? Yeah, and the, and this one little boy, I swear, it just looks like a Super Saiyan. I don't know, Goten or Gotenks or whatever, or Gohan. All of those. <laughs> I remember slowly losing interest when they brought in Goten. Just like, well, this, this is where it jumped the shark. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like I've already had enough whiny young boy characters. It's like, do we need another? I guess I put it with Gohan's shit. I don't need another Gohan. Exactly. It's like, God, they just grew up. Why are we? Why are we doing this again? <laughs> but then. Then it's all just like you finally get through Z, and then Goku becomes a little boy again. It's like, all right, you're like you like flip the table. One of those like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I don't talk about GT. That's that's not something I acknowledge. <laughs> oh damn, dude. Oh, that's a shame. I don't. I, I I I'm sure I watched it, but I don't recall it because it wasn't as like like it didn't really make as much of an impact to me. But uh, I did enjoy the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. But I do have to. Give GT another chance, but not if you're going to talk shit. I, it's just because I, I say they jumped the shark when they got the Goten. In all honesty, they probably jumped it many years before then. Because <laughs> sure, we yeah. can all admit the show doesn't really change. It's just dudes screaming for three episodes, and then they do a big flash battle at the end. And then it's just like, yeah, we just finally feed the, the totally bad villain. And then as soon as they do it, it's like, dude, another villain three times as strong exactly. is just coming around the corner. <laughs> and that same dynamic has just carried over in the monitors, like the super popular ones now, Naruto and Bleach. And it's just like, uh, it's just so bad. But I know with Dragon Ball Z, uh, GT at least was like, hey, we're totally out of ideas. We're going to keep throwing this stuff up on the wall. If you guys like it, we'll keep going. And I think it got like yeah. two, episodes, two seasons in and there's like, literally no one's liking it that much. So they just like push it back into the closet. They don't really talk about it much. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, because th- the whole premise was it. What the whole premise of it was kind of bizarre. It was like a big throwback to the original Dragon Ball. Like there was a character Emperor Pilaf. Yeah. yeah, that little fucking weird guy, and all of a sudden he becomes like a big thing in the story again. And it's just like, what the fuck has he been doing for like nine seasons or whatever? <laughs> you know, here's the thing: 
he finds the Dragon Balls, wishes Goku was a little kid again, back when they used to fight. Then Pilaf, I think, just like he just runs off, and you never see him again. Well, wow, like, that it. makes perfect sense. I can imagine that just being like his little like cameo. Yeah, and then like all the Dragon she- Balls, I think they crack or they turn into like dark Dragon Balls, and then be- be- yeah, like become sentient, like dragons form around them like each dragon ball it becomes a different dragon and for some reason they're all evil oh what i didn't know this much about it i just knew that what that like once like the wish is made and like the dragon balls like get split up that this time instead of it just going around the planet or like whatever it's like going around like the fucking universe and it's like these balls could be anywhere <laughs> and it's like but you have to find them within one year because otherwise something's gonna like fuck everything up. Yeah, I think that was, like, the first season, and in the second season, they all become, like, alive. Oh, wow. Even more bizarre. Yeah, it got weird real fast. Uh, Interesting. Alright, <laughs> well, then I probably would, yeah, just, let's just uh, brush that one under the rug. <laughs> we'll forget about that, like, most of the direct-to-DVD movies. Yeah. So, uh, we're gonna do a shout-out to the people who gave us some, uh, some reviews on iTunes. So first we got uh, Button Leary. Uh, I think I know who that is. Uh, I'm really grateful for the review. Uh, loving this podcast so far. The podcasters are insightful and knowledgeable about the topics discussed, but still maintain that laid-back, down-to-earth feel. Definitely going to continue enjoying this on my morning commutes to work, and can't wait to see where it goes from here. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks so much for the positive feedback. It means the world to us. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, I see another review here. I think it's by ABTS Fan. Um, <laughs> I guess they created it just because they like us. So awesome. always an enjoyable listen. Short and sweet. Thank you very much. To the point. ABTS very, Fan. Yeah. Hey, and that's the thing. Anybody out there, if you could give us a rating, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Like Something like that is great, but we really appreciate anything, and thanks so much. Uh, another one, we got the Killatones. Uh, if you play video games at all, you'll dig this podcast. And if you play video games a lot, you'll really dig this podcast. Thumbs up. So thanks, man. That's that's definitely appreciated as well. And we got two more. Uh, BKing27. T- uh, this podcast, lots of fun and entertaining. These guys touch on all things I like. Gaming, technology, and anime. Keep up the good work. And last but not least, we got Shafe610. Very informative about a lot of gaming down low I had no idea about. <laughs> so, cool, man. I'm glad we could like open your mind on some of these topics because that's what this whole idea is about. We hope the listeners get something out of it. And so far, the, the positive feedback's been overwhelming. So hopefully we can really get some gain some speed this year. Yeah, if you guys like gaming, be sure to listen to every episode with me, because that's all I have to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, like, on the horizon, I mean, the team's working on something. We're, we'll keep you posted, but me, Matt, and Brendan specifically are kind of honing in on the the thought of making a mobile game for the Android app store. So we'll keep you posted, but that's just like a little uh, sneak peek. You can guys can sort of follow us step by step and see how it is to develop. A mobile game that seems so popular and people seem or people think is so easy, but will prove to you it takes more work than you think. Yeah, absolutely. It de- it definitely <laughs> it it seems like it, it could be simple, but there's a lot to it. So, but if if you guys end up wanting to start your own podcast or even want to be on an episode of this to just like break the ice, 
just like shoot me an email. Um, you can always send us an email at almostbetterthansilence at gmail.com and or you can tweet us at our Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash abtsilence. So yeah, get in touch with us if, you, if you're if you a fan. Well, 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 we always have something to talk about. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, I just want to thank Doug for coming on. But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate and review us. It really helps us out. Yeah, thanks so much, everyone. Uh, Take care. We'll see you next week.